The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hello and welcome to another edition of Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal Piston Rings. I'm Joe Costello, and we are joined once again by the director of technical sales at Total Seal. He's gotten a couple minutes away from the phone, folks. We're going to bring him on, Mr. Keith Jones. Keith, welcome back. How are you? I am doing great, and thanks, Joe. I appreciate the intro. Uh, it's a and it's an exciting day. We've got a bunch of new equipment in the shop, and man, we're just we're excited to see this stuff hitting the floor. And it's just we'll say we're up on our game and up on our production. Uh, did a nice little uh, you know web thing on it this morning, and we'll just say it's an exciting day here at Total Seal. Absolutely, you know, and we're recording a hidden horsepower a little bit later. So those of you out there on the web, it might be uh, a little after the fact, but you can go back to the Total Seal Facebook page and their YouTube channel and check out the factory tour that went on uh, today, which is pretty great that you guys let people behind the scenes. Now we've got a new episode. And it's pretty exciting because we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to kick it out to Baldwin Racing Engines. They've got, you know, Machine Shop and Dyno. Jeff Baldwin, kind of a sprint car, circle track, but a re- more of a regional guy. Tell us a little bit about Jeff before we bring him on. I can tell you one thing. They've got a beautiful website over there at Baldwin Racing Engines. Yeah, yeah, I got to say, you know, Jeff and his wife, I mean, they, they one, just first of all, great people, fantastic people. You couldn't meet nicer people. Uh, but really, really strives to, you know, wonderful website, stays on top of all the data, beautiful shops, state-of-the-art stuff. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a full-service facility, and, and they really, really try to stay absolutely on top of the game. You know, what is the latest in machining techniques, honing techniques, what, you know, what's the latest ring packages, uh, you know, just really striving to push that boundary all the time. And, and whichever, you know, whatever end of it it is, you know, if it's, you're going in there, you know, just for a rebuild or a race engine, you know you're going to get the best you can do. Well, that is great. Let's not wait any longer. Let's bring him on, Mr. Jeff Baldwin from Baldwin Racing Engines, and I see the word win is highlighted. Jeff, welcome to Hidden Horsepower. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? I am great. I am great. And I understand you are a Hidden Horsepower listener as well. I do. I listen to it pretty much every day. Wow. I don't know if we've got that many episodes, Jeff, to listen every day, unless you're like <laughs> doubling up on some of them. We're, we're doubling up on a few. That's all good, though. All right. Have you learned anything? Absolutely. Lots, that, uh, lots of good tech info on there. I that, recommend it to anybody. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you for saying that, number one. And, yeah, these uh, celebrity engine builders out there and, you know, some of the champions, they drop a nugget or two every now and again. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, so let's, sure. let's get into um, what is your area of, I don't want to say expertise because it's obviously engine building, but where do we find most of your customers? I notice you do some 410 sprints, some late model engines in your area out there. And we're talking about Missouri. What is uh, the majority of your clientele? Yeah, we do definitely do some 410 sprint stuff. Um, A lot of UMP modified, uh, definitely some, uh, you know, super late model, Um, but really just a, a broad variety of everything. But dirt, dirt is our primary with uh, probably Demolition Derby being our secondary. Um, but really just, you know, whatever comes through the shop, we pretty well do. So, um, but a lot, lot of dirt oval. So Demolition Derby. We have not heard that one yet, Keith. <laughs> we, 
we haven't, but I knew that, you know, and he and I have talked about this. Uh, that's a unique set of challenges because, you know, you, you look at engines that are out there and, you know, you're racing, you know, let's say it's in a, you know, uh, MK modified like Jeff brought up and, you know, the, the water temp light comes on or the water pressure light comes on or the lack thereof and you roll it in and you shut it down. Uh, these demo guys, um, uh-uh, we're not stopping until it's done. So the, the, you know, from a ring point of view, the challenges that that, you know, puts forth to get a set of rings that's going to, you know, live and survive in, you know, at unbelievable temperatures because there's no water, but it's still running. Uh, I'll let Jeff kind of touch on that, but what, a, what an entire different set of challenges that, you know, puts forth. Jeff? Yeah, it's, uh, go ahead. No, I was just, I wanted you to elaborate because honestly, uh, the idea of built engines in Demolition Derby seems interesting to me, and I want to hear about more. Right. So we started local here, a um, couple, as a crow flies, a couple miles from our shop here, but uh, a couple couple bigger guys in the area that derbied um, started bringing the engines to us, and you know, we would loosen them up and just, you know, kind of do what we thought needed to be done back uh, early, early 2000s, right after we opened the shop here. But um, started started seeing early on, you know, just how much torture, how much abuse, how the high, crazy temperatures, and uh, just started refining that just over and over and over. You know, every time we'd bring it back in for freshen or rebuild or, you know, update, whatever, you know, we would... You know, just see the, the rings being killed, the cam bearings being killed, um, just, of course, head gaskets and warpage in the block, warpage in the head. I mean, these things are coming off the track sometimes at 550, 600 degrees, you know, so it's just an insane amount of heat. So, um, you know, so as as years went on, we've made our own bronze cam bearings and roller cam bearings and obviously ring seals a, a big thing now with you know with you know some stuff we've talked about with keith on the on the newer style steel rings and because the cast rings obviously just won't hold what they need to do so um but just i mean these guys are rolling out of the track on some of these national team shows they've got fifty sixty thousand dollars invested in their car so it's a it's a big money sport, you know, twenty, thirty thousand win on some of these shows, so it's a, it's a big deal. Wow, I, I gotta admit, and uh, this is why Hidden Horsepower is so great. I'm learning something too on this given episode. I knew that Demolition Derby was a thing, and I knew that they paid some money, but I had no idea it was like that, Jeff. That's pretty amazing. And yeah, if if you're gonna put that kind of money out there, you want to do everything you can do in your power to win it. Absolutely. Wow. All right. So I'm sorry I got distracted on the Demolition Derby deal. Let's talk no, about yourself. Like, uh, how did you get started? How did you get into it? What was the genesis of getting involved in cars, motorsports, motor racing, and ultimately the engine building trade? Yep. So as a kid, I was the kid that was tearing every toy apart, every, and it didn't matter what it was. I took it apart. You know, I wanted to see wanted to see how it worked, you know, and, and some of the stuff I got back together, some of the stuff I didn't. So, <laughs> um, so my brother mud raced. And so I was always with him at the mud races and, you know, with all his friends that were kind of doing the same thing. So, um, kind of got me around motorsports a little bit. And then I guess in 90, 
probably 92, 93, I started helping out on a circle track car, one of our local guys, and uh, just started going to the track every week and, uh, you know, not really building engines at that point except in auto mechanics class and stuff like that, but, you know, just stock stock rebuilds where we, you know, just putting the stuff together basically. But um, so then I guess in 94, 95, I went to Nashville Auto Diesel, um, graduated there and went straight into a machine shop at uh, the local at Jackson, Missouri, where I grew up. And uh, worked there for about a year and uh, really liked the work. I just, uh, it was basically at that time, you know, mid-90s, mid it was stock 350 Chevys, agricultural, forklift, um, not much performance at this shop whatsoever, but, um, you know, and that's more what I was geared for. So um, stayed there for about a year and uh, went to an auto dealership um, and kind of done the auto mechanic stuff for a while and detailing. We moved about 50, 60 cars a week. And um, from from there, I went to a service manager position at one of my buddy's uh, big tire centers in uh, Jackson, Missouri there at Jackson Tire and uh, built a shop here in Freedime in 2001, I guess. And at that point, um, I ended up buying out the machine shop that I started to work at when I graduated. So all very old equipment, uh, mid-50s, um, Van Norman rotary brooch and uh, Quickway boring bar and, you know, just the, the basic of the basic, but it got me it got me going, and uh, we've steadily been buying, you know, new new modern equipment ever since. So, um, you know, the Rottler and the Rottler CNC hone and the, you know, the Rottler block center and all the, all the new stuff has definitely uh, helped us tremendously <laughs> so that's great now that's amazing that you are like that is a, a success story in america right there from from kid tearing apart part uh toys to successful entrepreneur and business owner keith jump in with a question yeah jeff you know, if, if you had a particular engine that you found to be in the group that you deal with the most challenging we'll say outside of the demo derby engine because we know what a battlefield that is what do you find the most challenging format to work on? You know, whether it be, you know, an open, we'll say, drag race engine, you can do anything on, or is it more of the restricted class stuff where, you know, the rules are tight and you can only do so much? What do you, what do you, where do you find the challenge there? Yeah, I mean, definitely the, definitely the restricted. We do a lot of two-barrel restricted engines um, for people throughout the country. Um, you know, so that is a we, – we raced a circle track car here out of our shop for many, many years from 2005 really to 2013 or 14 until we just got too busy. But um, that was a two-barrel vacuum, 15 inches of vacuum at 1,000 RPM style engine. Um, so we were grasping for everything we could get, you know. So um, whether it be the thin ring packages – you know, we obviously were on total seal gapless rings at at that point back then even. Um, but just, you know, several years into it, you know, there was probably 15 to 25 cars at the track every night. And by the time we were, I'd say 2007 or 8, we probably had two-thirds of the field as far as engines go. Um, so we... I think we went several years there probably without ever losing a race, you know, whether it be our car or one of our customers. But um, the, the the two barrel restricted classes are, are definitely a challenge, especially, when, you know, especially when we got vacuum rules to go with and, and all that. So, 
for the you know for the other for the builders that are out there not you know again this is hidden horsepower uh, and not giving away too many secrets where do you find you know in that kind of an engine obviously you know we're trying to help you with a ring seal and get the friction down but where do you find the most you know where do you find the power jeff is it working on the head or the manifold or a cam or you know a little bit of everything is there any one particular place you like to focus on those definitely a little bit of everything obviously we're on on some of those restricted engines we're very 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 uh, rule set on what we can do in the cylinder head and manifold, so we can't really do a whole lot of port work. Um, we use 30 seat and guide machines here, so we, we've got a, you know, especially in the Vortec head, we've got a really, really good valve job we put in them. Um, camshaft, obviously, we've played around with that for years and years, trying to get, you know, the, the balance on that just right, where it not only drives good, but makes good power through the RPM, but I, I go back to I think in 2006 we built a uh, real thin, you know, at, at that point our our thin ring pack was pr- is probably a 112 at that point, um, and I mean, as soon as I spun that engine over the first time, you know, we were so used to using 16, 16, 3 16ths or, or bigger, you know, at, on some, uh, I, you know, you could tell instantly, you know, at the, the engine was spinning over at eight foot pounds versus 21 foot pounds, you know, I, I knew instantly that this thing is going to be dramatically better and it was you know it was you know just leaps and leaps and bounds better we the the first year we had that engine in um which we'd done all kinds of stuff we had a a belt drive on the front we had seven millimeter valves we had beehive springs which was a lot of stuff for a street stock back then but it was nothing against the rules that were written at that point for for a while they they since then have you know have corrected that but they, they didn't let me get by with that too long but um we, we went that season i think we had uh 14 wins out of 17 nights i think with with our car that we ran out of the shop here so um they, they ended up moving us out of the class they they didn't they didn't care, care for that a whole lot we were, we were known as the class killers so we uh, we moved up to hobby stock at that point, and which was more of an open two barrel class, you know, so we could do whatever we wanted, which which was fun too. It was an expensive engine to build, but you know those unlimited two barrel class steel headed classes are extremely expensive to build if you're going to push it for everything it's worth. Well, that's how you build a name for yourself, though, right? Like dominate yeah. at your local track, then everybody wants to come to you, and then you own the class and. And uh, yep. and you become successful. I'm interested in, in knowing about, you know, Keith, we always talk about the folks out there who have a successful package and they stick with it and they don't keep up with the latest, greatest technology and they have a good business. Right. And so why mess with it? Uh, Jeff, that's not you. You're out there taking part in the seminars. You're out there listening to podcasts. You're out there trying to gather information and stay on the cutting edge and it's working for you. I want to know where like that comes from because that's what we're trying to get other people to do, right? To be that person who knows they've got something good, but also knows that something better maybe lies ahead. Tell me about that whole thought process. Well, I'm, I'm definitely competitive. Um, so when we go to the track, we go to win, um, no matter if it's one of our super late model engines or our UMP modified or, um, you know, one of our, one of our street stocks. So it, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter, you know, whether we're derbying or circle tracking or truck pulling that, you know, we go to win. So we, we do everything in our power, um, to make sure that we build 
the best bullet we can build and you know we've got a super flow dial get that thing you know dialed in and tuned up as, as best we can here at the shop and I, I do try to travel to a lot of the tracks um, and visit our customers as, as close I mean we, we send engines all over the world as far as that goes we got them in Iceland we got them in Saudi Arabia um, Australia New Zealand we're getting we're doing one right now for a guy in New Zealand uh, a bunch of them in Canada um, so we do send them all over the world but um, most of them are here in the states obviously but um, you know so I like to keep an eye on what we build um, I, I really when I'm at the circle track I will focus on very much focus on our car or whatever we've got out there running and what we're running against as far as the car in front or the car behind it, how much we're gapping at the end of the straightaway, um, how, you know, if we're pulling out of the corner better than they are. So um, try to try to really focus on that stuff and, and then feedback from the driver. You know, it's the dirt track stuff. It's, you know, most of these tracks have went dry slick now. So um, it's all about throttle control and getting that engine to be as smooth as possible on the throttle. So, um, and that in turn also, I, I truly believe that the, the thin ring packs have smoothed these engines out dramatically for the driver as well. You know, it's the, the engines are freer, so they don't, you know, they don't engine brake as bad when you lift off the throttle. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to it. Keith? Well, one of the engines that you mentioned, and, and uh, I agree with you on the ring pack as, as far as, like you say, smooth as a transition in the throttle. Uh, that's absolutely something that a lot of people miss out on and don't, you know, you don't have that dramatic engine brake when you lift that throttle coming in and out of a corner. But you had mentioned, you know, you know pulling trucks, and that's a that's a, a big market out there. And some people don't necessarily understand how these things are, are different than, say, a drag race car. Because I'll see a lot of parts come out of pulling truck stuff. And one, you are dealing with the dirt. You know, you do get some dirt through these things. But uh, we'll just see if you agree with what I see these things come out of the chute, you know, with what I'll call a fairly high amount of wheel speed pretty fast. They get a lot of RPM in them real quick, and literally the thing gets pulled down like you had on a dyno, and you just kept loading it till you stall it. And so I see these things come up way high and then literally run them till they damn near crap out. And I see some rings come out of these things. They're pretty beat up. Uh, and I really you know, attribute that to that, how that engine's being run. What, do you see those same kind of things, Jeff? And what do you see that environment like on these engines? Yeah, same, same exact, same thing you were saying there. The, uh, as, as far as the loading and, and just being pulled down to, to nothing at the end of the track, that's, you know, that's exactly what happens. And it depends on what, what class we're building for there. Some of these engines are, are square where there'll be, you know, four and a quarter bore, four and a quarter stroke, or, you know, those don't get lugged as hard. They'll typically spin out at the end of the track um, where your big bore short stroke, uh, stroke engines um, will typically twist them 9,500 plus. But again, that they they run out of steam at the end and they'll you know they'll choke themselves so but but you're right they they do you know they're harder on rings but I, I will say now that we've got the the CNC hone with the with the rottler now um, we're, we're able to get so much better ring seal and, and the rings are better now than what they used to be um, back when we were uh, we, again we've got a local guy that we ran the Kenten series with uh, Toby Cook. Uh, with a troublemaker truck, I mean, we literally won everywhere we went. But um, that was a that was a square bore engine, you know, 
four and a four and a quarter, four and a quarter deal. So we would turn that engine eighty three, eighty four hundred. Um, so not terribly high RPM, but um, we were running gapless uh, total seal rings in that way back in the day. But again, I was nothing wrong with a CK ten, but that's what we had back then, and and I just wasn't getting. You know, I wasn't getting the, the cylinders as good as they needed to be. So, if if we had the equipment we have now back then, it would be it would be a total total game changer too. But you know, it's uh, you know just good good stuff nowadays. So. So what's it like working with Keith and and these guys when they come up with uh, you know a new concept, right? Like you're an early adopter, which is great, and they seem to be pushing the edge of the envelope. And uh, we know from talking to Keith here on the show and, and Lake as well that they are very experimental and they figured out some interesting things. Tell me a little bit about that creative process. Yeah, absolutely. Keith and Keith and Lake both both those guys are just fantastic to work with. I mean, uh, any you know even goes back to the the home you know the CNC home we've got now. We've got. Uh, sun in our backyard and obviously rottlers out in washington we we do have a lot of rottler equipment and i, I talked to keith and talked to a lot of people um about about homes but um you know talked to keith and i, I valued his opinion and you know obviously he was they, they have rottler in the shop there so you know i wasn't as scared to go that route and ed keebler is obviously in our he's 75 miles from us so he was he was here last week at the shop so he's fantastic to have here you know right here with us all the time so he brought me some new stones to try last week so i'm trying to trying to get some more valley depth for me so you know some of these well 410 engines where we're you know just coating them with alcohol every every night just hosing them down so you know just trying to get some more valley depth in it and just trying to make it better you know that's that's what it's all about Wow, Ed Keepler getting a shout-out on Hidden Horsepower there, Keith. I think that's a future episode that we've already been planning, and uh, and now we can, like, tease it a little bit. I, I agree. I, I, I actually saw him on a Facebook post earlier today. I think he's out fishing in Florida somewhere. It's like, oh, man, rough to be him. <laughs> got, a, got a couple of 80-pounders, I think it said. Yeah. Wow. We're, everybody's coming to Ed's tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's on the west coast of uh, of Florida, from what I recall, and uh, and he's you know from time to time, and uh, great guy takes part in the trackside tech talks that we do at NHRA in Hartford's pit when we do them, and it's you know it's Keith, it's Lake, it's Ed, and he he knows his stuff, man. He absolutely knows his stuff, and uh, that's where everybody's eyes light up. What you were just talking about, right? Valley depth. People are like, whoa, that much is usually the question. And uh, Ed does his thing. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, that valley depth number, and I know Jeff will agree. I mean, the numbers that we looked at, you know, four or five, six years ago, and I've said this in some of our tech talks, I mean, where we're at today and numbers that we're trying to hit, especially in some of these, you know, we'll say diesels and alcohol motors that are just pouring just copious amounts of fuel. Uh, if you'd, had, you'd have said to me, hey, you have to have an RVK of an 80 or a 90 or, you know, 150, I mean, I'd have told you, you were, there's something wrong with you. There's no way you need numbers that high. Well, guess what? I was wrong. Just like everybody else out there, I learned. I learned from doing these things, working on these things, working with these numbers and finding out, you know what? Hey, it really does need that number, and that's a benefit. So, you know, that's a testament to Ed and guys like Jeff and Lake, and, we're, you know, we're all trying to push this thing forward and learn from what we do. And uh, and hopefully we're making a difference. 
Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna play over into the Derby engine as well. That you know, that Valley depth. We've kind of been in the same arena for for quite a while now, but I, I think the Valley depth is gonna help that engine as well. You know, stay alive, especially with the you know the new rings we had talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, look at this top secret yeah, stuff I, going on. Go ahead, Keith. I well, I agree with him because one of the things that you know we talk about, you know, Jeff, with the temperatures in the Derby engines. You know, and, and this is something that, you know, the OEs have all come on and NASCAR has come on to it. Oil is a coolant. Uh, it does have a tremendous cooling effect. You know, so if we've got an oiling, you know, a, a, a water system that's either failed or inadequate, you know, we can use oil as the coolant. So if we can get more oil retention on the wall, we're going to have better ring so We're also going to get better thermal conductance. Jeff, what uh, you've, you've told us what you do work on. I am curious about what would you like to work on? in that is there an area of motor racing that you'd like to try your hand at, right? Like get into the mix on, like build an engine that you don't currently to uh, right. to compete because you, you said it, you want to win. And, you know, right. what other arenas are you interested in? Well, I, I've been a big monster truck fan my whole life. Um, so we do, uh, we do some uh, mega truck stuff, which obviously just, it's the same type of truck, just not near the tire, nor nor is it a supercharged blown, you know, engine in it. But uh, we do uh, the Sail Mega Truck, which he's uh, Scott Green. He jumps amazing jumps and does some crazy, crazy stuff with his truck. But um, the Monster Truck Arena would be something I'd like to like to get into more, you know, more of the blown big block stuff. But um, we, we do such a broad variety. You know, I, I really like everything. I mean, we do everything from lawnmower race stuff to you know to the 410 sprint you know and everything in between so a lot of a lot of streetcar a lot of ls a lot of coyote um a lot more hemi we got a you know a couple of hemis here right now a couple of coyotes ls's are obviously dominated everywhere but and we've got i think 80 85 engines in the shop right now so we're buried like everybody else is so wow that is a that is a lot. Eighty five engines. Now you know since you're a listener, and I'm just giving you a little heads up. We are going to ask you about some advice to the next generation of guys like you. You know the people who are growing up, taking apart their toys, who maybe want to follow in your footsteps and get into this great career. So just simmer on that a little bit, Keith. Dive back in with a question for Jeff. Well, the question for you, Jeff, is. You know, and this kind of goes back to the monster truck thing. It's like the challenge is, and it's for any engine out there, how well does it run upside down? Yes, exactly. It's got to run upside down nowadays, doesn't it? They, they, they certainly do some pretty crazy things. So uh, how much do you feel, and I'll just, you know, I hit it with that, you know, the elevation of the modern, you know, equipment that's in your shop, uh, how much do you attribute to that to being the game changer or, or a game changer for you? I see the modern equipment as being pretty darn significant, and, and I know you kind of feel the same, but I wanted to hear it from you. There's no doubt. Um, we put the our first Rottler block center in probably, I think we put an F-65 manual machine in in 2015, I think. Um, that, that was a huge game changer just in that alone. You know, we were still using uh, – well, we had bought a Rottler, just a regular surfacer before then, but uh, we were up until probably 2005 or six. we were still using a rotary brooch, trying to surface stuff, and the surface finishes were just pitiful. You know, you just couldn't get them good enough. Um, you know, so the the surfacing has changed dramatically, obviously, and the, the honing, you know, we ran a CK-10 up until uh, we bought our new hone in 
the end of 2020, um, put the you know the Rattler uh, 85HX in. So that was a huge game changer. I mean, instantly seeing our engines pick up you know 15 horsepower, and when we leak them down, you know before we were five six percent on a on an engine off the dyno. Now we're zero to one percent at at worst. You know most of the time we're zero across the board. You know, so it just it's so so much better. You know, and then we just added the uh, the 69A block center. You know, all CNC now uh, in mid mid uh, 21 fall of 21, I guess. Um, and, and that's just not only sped the process up, but just it's more accurate, and you can just do so much more with it. You know, it's you know the profilometers obviously we've i think we bought that i don't know four or five years ago whenever it was but you know that that in itself was a huge game changer in itself that's that's the best whatever the cost now 2500 bucks or whatever but that's the best money can be bought i mean that's or spent you know that's those things are worth their weight in gold wow and you know what it's so cool to hear you say that because that is a topic that comes up all the time right keith like there are people who just uh you know, they, they you know, ah, I don't know, ah, should I get it, whatever. And, you know, Lake's carrying his around with him at all places at all times. And to hear you say that, Jeff, that just reinforces something that has come up on the show over and over again. Yeah, it's it's definitely, like I said, if you don't have one, you, you need to get one because it's, w- without that, you're totally guessing. You have no idea. You can have the best-looking cylinder wall in the world, and it, it could be terrible. You know, it's just without having the equipment to measure it you just don't know you know so absolutely the truth it's like i like to say to people it's like it's like porting cylinder heads without a flow bench it sure may be pretty but man it may not work with a darn and honan's the same way it might look good to you and it may look appealing but once you measure the numbers it's like uh maybe not so much uh it is it is one of those game-changing pieces of equipment and uh People call me all the time, you know, wanting me to give them a recipe of how to hone their cylinder, you know, use this, use this, use this. And, you know, I'll do the best job I can to kind of, you know, try to guide them down that path. Here's what I think it's going to get you. But end of the day, you either need to have a profilometer or be working with a machine shop that has one because that's the truth. This thing does not lie. It's going to tell you exactly what you got, whether you like it or not. And if it's not what you want, well, we need to fix it. We need to work on it because at the end of the day, you are going to be the benefit, your benefactor of getting that cylinder finished right. I like those leak down numbers you were talking about too. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh. ever ever since oh. we put the put the hone in, that's where it's at. I mean, every engine, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's we do some DT four sixty six international big seven hundred plus cubic inch. Uh, tractor pull engines and e- even the big bore stuff is is that good i mean it's just the the we've got the six six stone head on ours and um all diamond and cbn but it, it just the, the it's so round and obviously you guys build such a good ring it it, is, it seals it i mean it just you don't have any questions whether it's i mean they break in by the second or third hit i'm i'm sealed up and it's ready to rock and roll so you know if, if it even takes that long usually it's sealed up on the on the break end well that's a that's a testament right there and it's kind of like uh you know you know my partner lake here uh you know it says it's a soup you know we've got to have all the ingredients in there and you know having the profilometer check the surface finish having the right hone to get good bore geometry get it straight get it round and then having the right ring it's all it all has to work together and if any one piece isn't then it's all going out the window 
Yeah, it's uh, amazing, and it's funny because you know, you know, I I'm learning about this whole process, and it's interesting in that. Uh, you know, it is uh, exactly that. It's a process. You got to have the right equipment, the right idea, the right machine, and the right people working on it, and then you can make some power. Uh, Keith, final questions for Jeff as we get ready to wrap up another episode. And I want to hit him with our advice for the next generation. But I know we've touched on a couple of areas, but I know you've always got something that is not necessarily out of left field, but something extra to put on top. Well, you know, my my question to Jeff is. You know, what's next? What's the what's the next challenge? You know, kind of like Joe was talking about engines you haven't built. What's the what's the next thing for you? What's that thing that you want to dive into? Personal project. You know, not necessarily engine related, but what's the what's the next thing? What's the next thing you want to work on? Well, I don't know. One of these one of these days. Obviously, my wife works here at the shop, so she, we stay just crazy busy, and she does a fantastic job running the shop. So we're we're probably going to end up building another shop uh, just just for more more space. I mean, we're just we're eighty five hundred square foot right now, and just need need more room all the time, you know. So that that's something that's going to probably be coming here sooner than later. But uh, I'd like to build another another drag car, another Chevelle or something for myself and and the wife to go out and have fun with and we got two girls so you know something to something to play around with when when we have a spare minute to go out and do so but probably do a supercharged ls or something in it you know something something a little fun to to play with but um it's always uh just got to have the time to do it it's yeah it's a struggle you're working on other people's stuff. Hard to find time to work on your own yeah. stuff, right? That could be a customer Absolutely. engine. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. So let's uh, let's talk about those folks out there that uh, I know for fact do exist, right? They come up to me at the NHRA or they speak with us at PRI and they listen to the podcast and they listen to everybody answer the questions. And it's, it's it, They're not all exactly the same, but the theme is the same. The next generation of engine builders coming into this trade who realize that internal combustion isn't going anywhere, uh, especially in racing and motorsports, the dirt tracks around the country. Let's say that there's a relatively young person that's, you know, wanting to be the next uh, Jeff Baldwin and follow in your footsteps as an entrepreneur, not just as an engine builder. What advice would you give that person? Oh, I mean, first of all, I would say attention to detail. Um, it, it doesn't matter if it's running the business or building the engine or machining um, or cleaning. It, it doesn't matter from one end of the spectrum to the other. It, it's the most important thing there is because everything matters. It doesn't matter, like I said, from, from cleaning to machining, assembling and dynoing. It's it's so important. Every little thing is so important. Um, my wife is a, a stickler on uh, not only details, but filling out the paperwork and, and having a system. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's like I said, do, doing the assembly, measuring the bearings, or, or whatever. If, if you have a system and you do it the same way every time, you can at least go back to that and say, "Hey, it, I know it was done, and this is why," and you know, so on and so forth. But that's that's one big thing: is attention to detail. Clean as you go. Pick pick tools up. Pick stuff up. If something's laying around, pick it up and put it away. You know, don't just leave it lay there and let somebody else deal with it. You know, it's uh, so much of the youth is you know, it's somebody else's problem, but it's, it's something that we see in, in workers, you know, it's the guys that, that hold themselves accountable for everything they do. It's so much better for the, for the business owner and, and the worker just to, to go along and, and do what they need to do. And the last thing I would say is, uh, 
you know, if you're if you're working along and you have a problem um, or you know something comes up, try to try to think ahead and have a have a solution to the problem before you come up to the to the boss and say, hey, I don't I don't know what to do here. You know, it's there's obviously going to be that, but if you think ahead and think through stuff, bring a bring a solution to the problem. You know, so um, not just a, I don't know how this is. You know, I don't know what it is. Let's go figure it out. So I like that. I like all three of those. Uh, actually, Keith, those are right on point and uh, a little different than some of the others we have gotten, especially that last bit. Sounds like it comes from personal experience. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And, and I, uh, I applaud for, you know, Jeff for saying that because, you know, even if they come to you the, with the wrong idea, you know, you can correct them. But, hey, at least they were thinking about it. At least they were trying to come up with a solution. And, and that's, that speaks volumes about the person. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jeff, I think this has been fantastic. I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. And as I started off saying, I like the fact that you have put a lot into your website. Like this is a first class website. Not everybody has got uh, effort going into that, right? Because it's an engine shop, right? Like you don't need that. But it's very helpful, especially for the host of Hidden Horsepower. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's my wife doing that. So. Well, tell her thank you very much. Uh, I think it was a great job. Another great episode, Keith. Absolutely, I really appreciate it, Jeff. I very much appreciate you taking the time. Uh, like you said, you got eighty-five engines in the shop. You're crazy busy. Uh, this is an hour out of your day that'll take you, you know, a day to catch back up from. And I really appreciate you taking the time. No, that's that's no problem. It was an absolute honor to be to be on here for sure. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, and we will uh, we'll do it again in the future. Jeff from Baldwin Racing Engines, we really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Hidden Horsepower. Goodbye. There he goes, Jeff Baldwin from Baldwin Racing Engines. Keith, that was great. He was right on point about so many different subjects. Ah, uh, yeah, Jeff's a great guy, and, and and not that he needed anybody to introduce him out there, but I, you know, so glad to have him on, and uh, you know, maybe get him exposed to some people that don't know Jeff. Uh, great shop, great guy. Uh, I like to say, can't say any more about him. He's just fantastic. Well, and that's exactly the point, though. There are engine builders all over the country, all over the world, that are rock stars in their own regions. And, you know, some go national, kind of like bands, right? Kind of like musicians. Like, you go to the right city and you'll find a band that is uh, killing it out there and everybody knows them and everybody loves them, but maybe you don't know them because you're not from that area and then they go big. Uh, but Jeff is obviously doing really well. And learning about the derby cars, Keith. I didn't know about that, that these guys are putting big money into demolition derby cars. I want to watch that. Jeff blew my mind when he and I talked about that a little while ago. Uh, I had no idea they were putting that kind of money that was that kind of prize money. I remember going to the county fair, and you know, they're, you know, they've got you know, Grandma and Grandpa's old wagon, and they're backing into each other, and it was a lot of fun, but... Uh, Yo, this is a serious deal. Big money cars, big money prizes. Yeah, and that way you got to keep it alive, man. It has to stay alive, and uh, you got to put a lot of effort into it, which is amazing. Speaking of effort, tell everybody out there how they can get a hold of you if they've got a project, whether it be a street car, maybe they got an engine builder that uh, is asking about rings. Who can they call? How can they get a hold of you? Well, you can always reach out to us. You can come at us through the website, totalseal.com. Uh, my email address is on there, as well as all the other guys. We also have the request ring form that's on there. Uh, if you know some stuff about your application, you just want to fill that out, that comes to us. We'll go over it, figure out what the best ring pack is for you, get back to you. Or you can always call us, 
888-382-2753. Just give us a holler anytime. Reach out email. Reach out through the site. Call us on the toll-free, and we'll gladly help you out. Excellent. Keith, great job. Always love doing these episodes. This one was fantastic. As well, Joe. Really appreciate it. And again, appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. I hope you guys have as much fun as we do doing these. And be sure to go back to their Total Seal Facebook page and YouTube channel and check out the factory tour, all the new equipment that has just been, uh, you know, upgraded in Total Seal. You will love it. They do a great job. He's Keith Jones, the director of technical sales for Total Seal Piston Rings. I'm Joe Costello. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, WFO Joe. I do a podcast as well called WFO Radio, where we talk NHRA drag racing and a whole bunch of other motorsports on there. You can check it out as well. Please subscribe, write a review, five stars, all that, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, so that more people can hear Hidden Horsepower. We'll see you next time right here on Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal Piston Rings.